Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 22nd episode of Ikuzo's Unscripted Podcast. Maybe we are alone in the universe, but we are not alone in this episode, as we are joined by one of the best at what he does, romantic with brush, and maybe even in heart. Croatian virtuoso that brings our favorite characters to life. Legend says that his chiaroscuro comes in poetic lines and even Da Vinci envies that. Silver Surfer, Eternal Store and Avengers are just some of the names on his list. There is also X-Men, Loki, Songs of Ice and Fire and Knights of Marvel. Oh, and Louis freaking Vuitton as well as many others. But I think he's most known for code name Scorpio. He is all F and show. He's the most wanted artist, a.k.a. Esa Dribic. And we're going to keep it genuine, uncensored and unscripted. And I dubbed it sober. Esa, welcome to our little asylum. Owen, how are you doing? Hey, uh, hello to everybody. And uh, thank you guys for uh, your kind words. I can't almost recognize myself in those. <laughs> well, we try to help. So, for the beginning, we have uh, 10 random words for you. And you just say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. First word, art. Art? Uh, mm, art is a result. Art is not a process. Yugoslavia. Uh, Yugoslavia? Oh, well, uh, I can hardly remember it, really. <laughs> That's what I remember from it, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Conan. Conan? Yeah. Uh, Conan, Conan is, uh, Conan is uh, you know, uh, regularly it's done kind of like a fashion model you know guy i'm trying to do conan as uh more naturalistic so uh and definitely conan is freedom you know conan is uh, somebody is, uh, above uh, uh you know being told what to do pub pub like ah like a well uh, i like to go there Daily, if possible. <laughs> As do we. Oh, welcome to the club, then. Uh, Marvel. Marvel. Uh, money. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Good one. I like that. Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, uh, actually, it's not uh, sun and beaches. It's uh, it's uh, the uh, uh, jungle. Also, money. <laughs> Well, I, I well I went there for free, so I didn't <laughs> have to pay for it, you know. Uh, so so I I stick with the jungle. <laughs> then Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron. Uh, well, uh, 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 oh, the beard. You know, he's kind of like a, a, a cross between. Uh, like a regular geek and a biker guy, you know. Oh, nice combination. And you never know who you. When you talk to him, you never know who you talk to at that moment. Is it like a, 
you know, uh, a geeky guy, uh, you know, or or a biker guy, or maybe this biker guy is just a pose. I don't know the guy that well. <laughs> Comics. Comics. Uh, huh. Uh, see, I do them uh, so much that I try not to think of them when I don't do them. So. Uh, if I if I say work, that would uh, you know give a wrong impression that I don't like what I do. I do. I just do it uh, so much that I try not to think of it uh, when when I don't work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Uh, French. I believe your favorite is mates. Ah, uh, French. Uh, yeah, I like French mates. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> mm, First thing uh, with French for me would be cheese, you know. I like French cheese. Mm. I like Italian better. Well, I am hungry. Maybe I not like to speak Italian about better. food now. <laughs> well, sorry, too late. Woke movement. Woke movement. Trying to avoid it as much as I can. Uh, woke, as I said, I'm trying to avoid it as much as I can. Yeah. So, so now that we mentioned the Vogue movement, let's now continue with the mm -hmm. with the conversation. You did great at this association play. Well, no problem. So, Vogue movement is, uh, let's say, trending, and now there's a cancel culture. And uh, where do you find yourself, like a mm -hmm. public person, let's say, in this world of cancel culture, where every everything can get cancelled by one tweet? What do you think about? Oh, it's uh, corporate driven. It's not. Uh, it's not people on the internet. Uh, you will find that most of those things come from uh, some fishy accounts that are pretty new and stuff like that. It's just that uh, if you manage to have a lot of people agree on it, and if you manage to have uh, a lot of uh, people who are actually fake accounts uh, to agree on it, you can. Uh, make believe uh, whatever you know because i don't think there is actually that much people who are you know into uh canceling others for really no reason at all uh so so i would say this is uh corporate driven it's a function of you know uh pretty much uh, uh, intercorporate fights and stuff like that, which just uh, manifests itself in uh, usually in Twitter and stuff like that, I would say. Uh, but let me, you said uh, that you try not to think about it uh, and not get involved with it. Uh, but do you think it's hurting comic books? Do you think it's hurting the industry of uh, writing comic books, drawing them? Do you think it has influence on uh, today's work in storylines or general on the people working in the comic book industry such as yourself of course of course it does uh, uh it's very divisive and uh, uh the idea is pretty much uh, to force uh, uh ideological stuff on uh, on people who uh consume media and uh, some of that that stuff is uh, kind of enforceable and some of it isn't some some of it people just don't uh, like at all and uh it kind of drives away the customers you know uh 
seems to me that uh, industry kind of uh, has forgotten that uh, what it's there for you know uh, uh, industry uh, entertainment industry shouldn't uh, find it uh, you know in such a way that you know it's business moralizing to to people yeah you know point of business is something else you think uh, is that what you're trying to say like uh through reading comics or watching movies or anything stuff shouldn't be pushed upon us some ideologies and things like that because uh, we are when we read comics like we are here to entertain ourselves first and foremost yeah uh, do you think that's the case like that's what we hate about it well here's the thing we have to uh, we have to make a difference between uh, uh, uh let's put it this way if you have uh a comic creator of certain persuasion, political persuasion, and if they decide to do a political comic book, all fair, great. And uh, I might even find it uh, interesting, even if I don't necessarily agree with uh, whatever that person's politics says, you know. It's entirely different thing when you have like a across the board, uh, uh, you know, thing that everybody has to observe, which is what they pretty much want, you know, where it's like, uh, okay, now we're going to go uh, do this, 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 and that, and we're not going to do everything else. That's problematic because, uh, to use woke word, uh, because uh, it uh, pretty much... Uh, you know, collapses everything you can do in a media into like like re this really small thing uh, where it's like everything has to adhere to that, and that kind of kills creativity because uh, most of the creative stuff that you remember from a history of comics, you know, comes from pretty much outside of uh, of that uh, uh, you know terrain. Uh, that uh, that that's seen as uh, you know good today uh, by some people. Uh, there are some good stuff done in that terrain before, but uh, you're pretty much uh, excluding ninety percent of other stuff. You know that uh, uh, that's uh, you know that people love comics for. You know so. Yeah, it's definitely not good, and uh, I I gotta say it to me like remembering uh, the uh, the climate in ex Yugoslavia back in the eighties when I started working. Uh, you know, uh, I would say the censorship right now in U.S. is uh, much more than uh, what we had in Yugoslavia. And uh, it's uh, much more chaotic because it was very... So you remember Yugoslavia? Yeah, I was lying. Sorry, I'm a lying motherfucker. What can I tell you? Uh, because uh, since uh, censorship came from state and there was a couple of things that you had to observe in a certain places. So uh, uh, nobody gave a shit uh, about what you said in a bar, but if you said it on a TV you might have a problem. So that was it. But right now in US, there's a couple of different sources of censorship at the same time. So there's a 
corporate policy, you know, uh, that uh, forbids you to do this or that or say this or that. There is a state level policies that uh, do the same thing, uh, but different. There is a, a federal level, you know, policies uh, in, in Europe. I'm talking about US, of course. So, so there's a bunch of different uh, standards you have to uh, adhere to, you know, uh, which is much more chaotic than, uh, you know, what we had in uh, Yugoslavia. Yeah, the, the cancel culture, it's killing the free speech. I mean, the, the media with all these cancel culture movements, woke movements, it's it's losing its integrity, its uh, whole meaning of existence, I mean. We we heard from you that there was censorship in Yugoslavia, and you took the bags and took the road. So what was it from Zagreb to San Diego? Because like Frank Sinatra says, if you can make it here, you can make it everywhere. Uh, why did you leave Croatia no, 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 at that, the time and uh, went for the job? I never I never left. Uh, I just started working there. Working there in the comics means that you are living wherever you live and you're working for somebody across the world. Uh, and when I started the working in States, it was 96. It was already after uh, uh, the Yugoslavia. Uh, and, but we, we still, we, we had war and there was some uh, residual censorship because of that. But that was a much lighter situation. Uh, there was there was kind of uh, you know propaganda efforts uh, on all sides, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, now it was as coordinated as uh, what's happening, uh, you know, in states. For example, I would say that uh, definitely it's much harder to parse the truth in U.S. when you live in US because uh, uh, media is so much more pervasive and uh, it's uh, so much more influenced by all kinds of uh, interests, you know, that uh, fund it in the end. Uh, so uh, if you think uh, that uh, just going on internet will bypass that, that's not true because a lot of pundits on internet, on YouTube or something are, uh, you know, uh, funded by the same uh, money, you know, too. So uh, wherever people's attention goes, you know, uh, this stuff follows, you know. So if you start some new, you know, uh, uh, Facebook, you know, based on something else, at some point, when it becomes popular enough, there's going to be enough of incentive for somebody to start pushing uh, corporate influences, you know. So it's uh, it's just the nature of things in the U.S. It's highly corporatized society. And, uh, you know, there was, there was always this thing about, you know, U.S. is freedom. But it's more a freedom in a business sense than in a... Uh, personal rights sense uh, uh, not really but the thing is that business always has more money than individual you know so yeah in that situation where whoever has more money has more influence and uh, it ends up 
with with the same results, uh, no matter how you set it up. You know. Uh, yeah, but uh, you were speaking about that, um, and this is maybe a little bit off topic. Uh, but do you think because of that, like you said, uh, USA is like freedom in business sense and everything. Uh, do you think that maybe comic book industry is in worse shape than it was, say, 10 years ago, because you are in comic book industry for a long time? Do you think right now uh, the climate is better 10 years ago or on creative side, but better as far as doing business and money? Or it was 10 years was like, 10 years ago was better on both sides or something like that? Uh, Creative-wise, it was better 10 years ago. Uh, whether they made more money than now, I don't know, because I don't know how much money they made back then and how much they're making now. You have to realize that uh, a lot of those uh, uh, publicized the comic books... Uh, of woke nature that, uh, you know, uh, well, a lot of them lose money, I would say, or just don't really uh, sell enough, uh, you know, to be viable uh, long time, long term uh, uh, things. Uh, there, There's part of that, but there's this other part of, well, at least what Marvel does. That's where I know where they have uh, high selling books, you know, uh, uh, that are popular, you know, so so there's two Marvels right now, really. And I'm not really sure, uh, you know, how successful compared to 10 years ago it is, because uh, I don't remember asking them back then, okay, how much money did you make this year, you know? <laughs> and even if I did, uh, I probably wouldn't get an answer, you know? And I didn't ask uh, today, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, fair enough, fair in enough. the long term, does it, uh, does it, uh, uh, you know, is it uh, financially uh, viable to 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 do that or not? Uh, they only can uh, uh, respond to that. Uh, I would say that uh, woke audience is probably less than uh, the regular audience, and they are making mistake if they're pushing, uh, you know, their stuff to, uh, you know, uh, this other audience, because this audience is much smaller than uh, their regular uh, uh, cost customers. All, all that I know tells me that it is so, you know. You know, I noticed that when you read the comic books uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they are more diverse between themselves. But now a lot of comic books that are published by DC, Marvel, and uh, main eventers, let's call them, they are a little bit like same. You have just uh -huh. other costumes and that's it. Uh, the writers today, they, they started resembling one another. Well, yeah, uh, probably that's, uh, that's because uh, there's like, uh, let's say... Uh, uh, you you have to remember that DC is a part of a big uh, conglomerate, uh, Time Warner, which is merged uh, with uh, fuck uh, what's what's that even bigger company that they they bought? Well, that company bought them. I don't. Know, is I that don't maybe Comcast or I'm not sure, but I know that somebody owes them. Yeah, uh, and uh, DC uh, and uh, Marvel is part of Disney. You know, so those are 
huge companies that across the board, uh, uh, well, to more or less of a degree, they kind of propose to to uh, to companies they they own kind of same uh, political views and stuff like that if you look at the typical uh, Disney product from all of the branches you will see that uh, it adheres to the same philosophy you know Uh, I don't really watch that much of a Disney and stuff like that so I so maybe I probably said it wrong that it's all like that. Maybe uh, let's say that the good part of it is like that, you know. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, so that uh, and uh, both of those huge companies, Disney and Time Warner uh, kind of agree on uh, corporate uh, policies and stuff like that. Uh, you know, so in the end, you end up with the with the stuff that uh, uh, streamlined into uh, you know certain type of products that go more and more samey as the time progresses because there's just more and more of stuff that you can't do uh, another thing you have to realize is that a lot of uh, younger creators that started working in Marvel, for example, that's where I am. Uh, uh, they were, uh, uh, they got to where they are through, uh, you know, social media. They probably uh, had, uh, uh, you know, popular accounts with their artwork and stuff like that. So they came through certain type of, uh, uh, you know technological delivery system to Marvel. Back when I did it, I had to send it uh, with the regular post and then wait for the answer on my portfolio for like three months, you know. So let's say that that was a different uh, type of personality that would do that. So uh, there's a, there's a generational thing too. Like uh, you can notice that uh, different generations have different values. Uh uh, we can even say that, uh, you know, like there is this, uh, let's say, 25 to 35 or something like that uh, generation right now. Uh, they're kind of most wokest, you know. But uh, from what I saw, you know, from younger people than that, they're actually uh, not uh, not so much, not even close to it. So it seems like uh, one of those generational things that's, uh, you know, currently popular with, uh, with, uh, with people. So, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's pretty much, uh, you know, you, you see that it's going to end at some point, you know. Hopefully. It's just how much damage it's going to do yeah. <laughs> for that. <clears throat> Which doesn't really mean that... Uh, once there's going to be another change of generations that uh, things are going to be better. Maybe they're going to be worse because uh, uh, right now it's popular yeah. to, to believe that, uh, you know, uh, all the bad things come from, uh, well, it's kind of hard to say left uh, because it's not left really. It's uh, like a neoliberal. Uh, uh, and the good things come from right wing, uh, which is... Uh, 
currently you can uh, see it like that because a lot of anti-censorship people actually come from right wing. But what you have to remember is that before, like a couple of decades ago, it was mostly right wing that was doing censorship, you know. So it's not uh, something that only one side does. It's pretty much the thing whoever is weaker at some point, you know, calls for freedom of speech. And when they get stronger, suddenly they remember that they don't like certain things and they would like those to disappear. So, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's not so much a left and a right uh, distinction. It's uh, in America, at least, it's more like a corporate, non-corporate thing, I would say. You know, like, uh, what do you feel that corporations should be able to do or not? Uh, because those are like the most important uh, institutions in U.S., you know. And they're increasingly becoming most important in our countries, you know. I don't know how the situation is in uh, Montenegro, but in Croatia, uh, you know, Croatia is more corporatized. In it's Europe. bad, man. It's uh, so, so it's pretty much the same then. Uh, you know, because uh, big money has a lot of influence and in a democracy... Uh, you know, uh, you you invest in a change of public opinion, uh, you know, and that kind of stuff, and not talking about stuff you don't like, if possible. That's why uh, it uh, uh, you know big big money always invests in communications, technologies, whatever it is at certain point, TV, radio, internet, you know, uh, to control the information. Because, you know, uh, back when, uh, you know, <clears throat> radio was big, you know, they started, uh, they started to, as they say, uh, consolidate the radio market and turn it into, uh, you know, uh, fast food version of radio, what it is today, you know. Uh, same thing with every new media that, uh, that happens, you know. So just... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like you said, uh, we can't make a difference between right and left now. No, there's no point. Uh, especially, especially in US, if we, if we talk about US, you know, uh, uh, one of my favorite writers uh, is called uh, Gore Vidal. You know, he said that uh, there's no uh, two parties in US. There's one party and it's called property party and it has two wings one is liberal and one is conservative uh, uh, he didn't mention left and right and he wrote that in 50s you know uh, and i think from what i've seen there yeah that's uh, that's how it is you know uh, to shift away a little bit from the you know this this subject uh, i would like to ask you more on a comic book side uh do you have a favorite sort of comic book storyline the, the comic book storyline that influenced you maybe the most as uh just the artist or as a fan of comic books do you, do you have that like that one storyline maybe or work from someone that you were inspired through the years yes it's uh Inkel by Jodorowsky and mobius that's uh, that's my 
still my favorite book uh, uh, because you you might say that my ideal project would be to do something that kind of has effect on you the way it affected me when I saw it when I was 16. My mind was blown, you know, and I think it still holds water pretty well. Uh, uh, I've seen recently, uh, you know, somebody did like a video of it and uh, they were, they were kind of trashing it for, you know, not being what it isn't, you know, which is kind of stupid. Uh, but uh, I think it still holds water. And in general, what those two guys did together, like uh, before that, uh, that singularly made uh, like uh, like the biggest influence uh, on me comics-wise. Yeah, and for me, Luca knows that I'm a huge fan of Jason Aaron and Yoran and Thor. So that's the story I would choose that truly blown my mind, you know. Oh, so you. you worked with Jason Aaron, you work with other people, a lot of mm -hmm. people. So when you work with them, what's the atmosphere? Who, who is the best to work for with you? It's uh, it's hard to say because, uh, you know, like uh, different uh, uh, writers uh, just, uh, you know, function differently. And uh, uh, the way I work with, uh, for example, Hickman is not the same way I work with uh, Jason. You know, uh, even like, for example, even if I did uh, with Hickman something that's more like a fantasy, I would still think more in scientific terms, you know, uh, because uh, the way he writes is more, if you can say so, scientific, you know. Uh, with Jason, even if I did something that was very scientific, I would still think in mythological terms, because everything he does uh, smells of in mythology to me, you know. Uh, at least the stuff that I worked uh, uh, on with him, you know, because I haven't read all of his stuff, so I don't know uh, what a big part of uh, his opus is like, you know. But uh, whenever we worked together, it was, uh, to me, it was all pure mythology, you know, and uh, that's how I treated it. That's that's how he thinks, you know. Uh, so, so it depends. Uh, Working with uh, Kieron Gillen uh, right now on uh, Eternals, it's it's totally different thing. Uh, uh, you know, his uh, his way of thinking is uh, not my uh, mythological and not uh, scientific. If if I can compare it to something, I would compare it to uh, uh, soft sciences. <laughs> sciences. Uh, uh, so so it's uh, it just uh, makes me approach whatever he writes differently than uh, with those other guys whether it's uh, you know a good fit or not it's up to you to decide you know because the only thing i can really do is to naturally respond to what's on the paper you know and uh, do whatever i think should be done according to what's uh, what's uh, written already and hope for the best really so i don't know i don't i don't have uh, any any uh, you know outside view on on that stuff so i don't know if i'm succeeding or not or if we fit together 
as well or not as I fitted with Jason, obviously, because people keep telling me that. Yeah, uh, and the work in comics, it's writer, it's uh, artist, uh, uh, inkers, you got to work like a team. And, you know, in the world of manga, you have uh, the, the writer who is also the artist. So there's no conflict uh, almost always. And in the comic books, is there maybe the situation when writer wants something, but artist thinks the other way and stuff mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, uh, I started uh, as a complete author. I was uh, first, for first couple of years, whatever I drew, I wrote it too. And it was mostly like short comics and stuff like that. And it was probably mostly because anybody who actually knew how to write didn't want to work with me, you know, so it was kind of necessity. Uh, so at some point, uh, I decided to uh, to to get into just uh, art and find myself a writer, and uh, that's when I became artist, you know, not author. Uh, but I would write occasionally, so uh, so I didn't fully stop writing. I just didn't write anything that I did in Marvel until I did uh, uh, Conan. A single issue thing that I painted recently. I don't know if you saw that, uh, which was written by me, and I kind of proposed them like a mini series. But then COVID started, and who knows if it's ever gonna happen. Uh, but you know that's the thing. I always fought like uh, you know uh, writer too, at least partly. You know so. Uh, I'm preparing some of my projects that I'm going to write and stuff like that. So it never left me like this idea to do everything by myself. Uh, because, you know, I grew up on uh, like a lot of that 80s, like this uh, late 80s manga, you know, that's still my favorite stuff. Uh, Otomo and, uh, and uh, Shiro are uh, some of my favorite artists uh and they're not the first ones that i read the books from like uh, there was richard corbin if you remember that guy you know who did the uh, uh mutant world uh, then and all this other stuff he was complete author he was you know writing and painting those he was doing everything you know uh so it's not a strange concept to me actually for me strange concept is working in states and just doing comics because uh i grew up doing everything i never saw myself as a comic artist i saw myself as a commercial artist that does comics obviously i had to do everything uh you know to to be able to live you know but to me it was a feature not a bug you know like i liked doing uh, okay now i'm gonna do a comic and then i'm gonna do some uh, animation and then i'm gonna do some illustration I'm going to do some, I don't know, like album cover, blah, 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 stuff like I love that shit. So when I started working in States where it was like, oh, we got like uh, 400 pages for you to do. To, to me, that was uh, unnatural. And it still is, you know, I'm still like uh, this Louis Vuitton thing that you mentioned. Uh, I'm constantly on the lookout for, for stuff like that that's not comics to do. Because I want to do some other stuff, not just comics. It doesn't mean I don't like comics. 
it means I want to do comics and other stuff, you know? Yeah, but uh, listening to you right now, speaking about that, uh, like you called yourself not the comic book artist, but commercial artist. Yeah. Is there, like besides art, is there anything that Esad Ribic would do, uh, you know, that you have passion for and would like to make money uh, other than, you know, art? I don't know. Uh, I would say if... Uh... This thing didn't work out for me. I would probably uh, put uh, much more effort in music because that's my other interest that uh, I was always enamored with ever since a young age. Uh, I started, well, uh, I'm not a musician, I'm a drummer, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I started quite early and I was uh, really interested in that. But uh, uh, it's just that uh, I was better at uh, art than uh, drumming. <laughs> uh, and and it was actually proving su- successful enough for me to keep on pushing in that direction, you know. If I if I pushed in our direction and didn't have any uh, results after a couple of years, I would probably have to you know uh, move more <laughs> into some other direction and try music, which never really happened uh, because uh, I managed to, to carve up uh, you know something for me in uh, in art world, uh, but. That would probably be the next thing that I'm interested in, uh, you know. And mind you, I'm amateur in that, uh, and I never was a professional level. Uh, but if the situation was a bit different, I would probably put more energy into that. Yeah, so I know you said in one of your earlier interviews, you don't see yourself like a comic uh, uh artist you see yourself as a painter so that explains stuff you're saying right now and so mm-hmm. um, is there any difference you you talk mm-hmm. about it l- earlier on working on comic books and working on other stuff like mm-hmm. louis vuitton or maybe even in songs of ice and fire for martin no there's no difference for me there's a problem that needs to be solved solved and i try to solve it as best as i can and that's it uh uh, if you do a cover or illustration, it's a picture that tells a story, you know. So it's exactly the same as comic book. It's just one picture. Uh, so there are ways of telling a, a story, you know, in one picture. And I'm trying to do that. And to me, it's no different to drawing a page of comic. So I don't see any difference between those things. Built on that as well, like uh, you mentioned some of your, uh, the, we mentioned and you talked about people that you worked with and uh, had a good time working with. Uh, right now on top of your head in the industry, is there like a writer or somebody that you would like to work uh, but you still hadn't had the chance to co- uh, work with? I don't know. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't really follow the industry. Uh, when when uh, uh, somebody uh, mentions, uh, you know, somebody I should work with, I go and check whatever they did. 
and that's when I, uh, you know, kind of decided, okay, I, I like what this guy does or girl, uh, you know, and uh, yes, I want to work with them uh, or no. Uh, so, so I, I don't read comics, you know. Uh, the thing is that uh, uh, years ago, uh, like I stopped uh, really being able to, to lose myself in a comic book uh, because I was just too analytical. I, I, I just worked, you know, enough of co on comics that I at some point couldn't uh, switch off, you know, to, to just read something. And that's when I stopped because there's no point if there's no... You, if you if you can't uh, uh, just accept what you see as a reality, if you constantly analyze it, then it's gonna work. It's not gonna work out, you know. So I stopped reading comics, except when I uh, go and read, uh, you know, whatever somebody did that I might work with, and then to try to analyze what they did, you know. Uh, so I don't really know what happens in the industry. I don't know who the new hot artist is. I don't know who new hot writer is. I don't even care because most of the hot artists and writers I don't like their <laughs> stuff. Uh, some I did, but uh, you know, mo most of that stuff just doesn't uh, communicate to me, you know. Uh, and uh, it's fitting because uh, you know I'm I'm almost fifty, so why the fuck uh, would I get hot for whatever twenty uh, somethings are into? You know they're into some other stuff. You know so it's not for me. It's kind of like you know going to cinema and being angry for Hollywood uh, not producing stuff for me. Well, I'm too old for that shit. They're producing stuff for teenage teenagers to younger you know like uh, between 15 to 25 that's that's what they're uh, targeting uh, their their stuff for you know uh, it's true that there's a, a less and less uh, of uh, you know serious uh, cinema let's say and more and more spectacle stuff uh, but uh, you know, the thing is, whenever you have a proper cinema stuff, nobody goes and watches it, you know. So why the fuck would they do it? People complain, you know, uh, about, oh, there's not enough of stuff that interests me. Well, yeah, but uh, uh, when it was, uh, when this kind of film was uh, showing in cinemas, you went on internet and uh, ripped it off uh, internet and watched it instead of going to cinema because only way they know that there's interest for that if you go and pay your ticket and and see it you know so uh you shouldn't you you don't really have a right to complain i know people who saw everything and they they haven't been to cinema for like 15 years now and they're complaining like oh well but uh, you know hollywood just doesn't do stuff uh, for me anymore Yes, because you don't go to a fucking cinema. It's kind of like voting, you know? You you show up at elections and you say, I want this person, you know? And if there's enough of people like you, this person will get there. If there's enough of people who want to see serious movies, you know, who go to cinema and complain about not seeing that shit, uh, then some studio will say, well, there's this big market of people who 
actually want to watch movies like, I don't know, Apocalypse Now. Not everybody wants to watch Marvel movies, you know. Mind you, I think uh, most of them are actually pretty good because uh, as long as you don't see them as like serious art, you know. Some of them are actually excellent. Uh, and they are definitely improvement on stuff I had to endure when I was a kid. Because uh, back when I was a kid, I could watch uh, some bullshit Chuck Norris uh, Delta Force movie. And kid, you know, can watch Avengers. Avengers is so much better than anything that Chuck Norris ever did that it's stupid, you know. So uh, we should see that as, uh, you know, actual improvement of situation. Because uh, even, even, even if you, uh, uh, you know, uh, count in uh, some of this woke stuff that uh, gets into those movies, it's still better product than uh, some of those 80, uh, you know, shitty stuff uh, was, you know. Which we liked because there was nothing better than that, you know. So, what the fuck do you know when you're 13, you know? But, you know, the problem is really that uh, uh, big studios produce movies for cinemas. Cinemas make most money, you know, uh, uh, for, for big studios. So... If they see that somebody, uh, that uh, enough audience uh, goes and watches uh, serious movies, they will keep on doing them. If people stop going to cinemas for that and just uh, download them from a Russian site, you know, they're not because they're losing money on it. You know, movie costs money to be made. Even the art movie that's not... Uh, hyper action uh, special effects uh, stuff like that it still costs you know tens of millions of dollars you know and then you put it in cinema and then everybody just watches it uh, on netflix well then you should next time you do it you will probably just uh, do it even cheaper for netflix you know and don't bother with cinemas and uh, very soon there's going to be just uh, you know uh, uh, event movies uh, like Marvel or DC movies in uh, cinemas, you know. So it's uh, it's understandable to blame the studios because they are pushing hard for stuff that makes them money. But on the other side, I think that part of the blame is on uh, audience. Especially this idea that it should be free because if I can get it for free, you know, it shouldn't be charged to me. Which is like, look, man, uh, it's still costs money to be made you know yeah well i said we are coming to to an end of this episode we have the most crucial question of the day when will when will we get a couple of signed monographs of you (laughs) just kidding Uh, when will we get a chance to buy you a drink i would guess uh, i'm coming in uh, in uh, herzegnovi in two months yeah there's like a mini herzegnovi show so you're going to be there? Well, we will be well, there. And maybe catch a couple of drinks then. Consider it done. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> you know, uh, I just want to say, unfortunately, we don't have enough time, but uh, I really had a great time listening to you and your insights on the industry. It was, you know, as a fan, uh, you don't always get, you know, those 
kind of inside information how, how stuff works and how the, the, the artists feels about uh, their work. So it was kind of the eye, eye opener. So thank you about that. No. Glad to be of service, if possible. That was Esadrivich, everyone. And uh, it's just three more episodes of this season. Keep, uh, stay tuned and see you next week. Thank you very much. We stay genuine, uncensored and unscripted. And we always will, as we have to order our usual. Share us and subscribe us and stay tuned until the next Wednesday. Iguzo!